Well, good morning to my brothers and sisters in Christ. In the last few weeks, I have been on an interesting journey with the Holy Spirit as he has guided me ever so gently, but with purpose, revealing some wonderful truths that I must confess has, uh, in the past, has left me somewhat floundering. One thing to which I can enthusiastically testify is that when I asked, even pleaded, for revelation and understanding, the Holy Spirit was able to give me only what he knew I could digest and comprehend each day. It is my prayer that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord, and also that the ears and minds and hearts of your people will be open to receive your message today. The Bible reading, as Galen has just said, was from the last four verses of Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 describes a pivotal event in the history of mankind. Many of you would have heard of this event being known as the fall, where through disobedience, mankind fell out of a unique and special relationship with God. Without Adam and Eve disobeying God's specific instructions, sin and death would not have entered the world, and to put it simply, there would have been no need for a saviour in Jesus Christ. So how did this happen? I want to start with God's final act and then work backwards. The Bible says in Genesis 3 verse 24 that after God drove man, drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. I want you for a moment to imagine that you are Adam and Eve. You have just been thrown out of the Garden of Eden. You have been mercilessly tossed out of paradise on earth. And not only that, but the entrance has now been guarded by cherubim, angels of God, armed with flashing swords, with flaming swords flashing back and forth there is no way you will get back in. You look at each other, clothed in only the animal skins that God has just made for you, and you ask yourself this question. What just happened to us? It seemed like only a few hours ago that Adam and Eve were the overseers of God's creation, they were God's image bearers. They were his crowning glory. And they had been given responsibility to rule over, that is to manage and take care of his wonderful creation. This was to be an everlasting role with no end date to the contract. Everything except man himself was put under their authority. The Garden of Eden, was heaven on earth, where in Genesis 1 verse 31, Jesus said, or God said, that he saw that 
all that he had made, and it was very good. The best of the best, the cream of the crop. No disease, no sickness, paradise. Wow. Adam and Eve had themselves been blessed by God and told to be fruitful and increase in number. The land had been instructed to produce vegetation, trees and plants after their kind. God blessed every creature he had created in the seas and the birds in the air and all the livestock and the living creatures and the wild animals and he had commanded them to be fruitful and to multiply according to their kinds. There was plenty of food for everyone and it was pleasing to the eye. There was even a tree of life, there eternal life. Adam and Eve were naked, but they weren't ashamed. Why should they be? They walked daily in the garden with their creator God. Everything was in order and very good. What more could one ask for? But, and there is a big but, and that was that there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil growing in the middle of the garden. God had commanded Adam, it wasn't a request but an order. God said, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. It wasn't as if Adam had to pay for the food, it was all free. And there was plenty of it. There was absolutely no reason to eat from there. So what just happened? Simply put, Eve entered into a conversation with Satan, disguised as a serpent. She was deceived and in total disobedience to God's one and only command, ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God said, remember, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. The consequences of Eve's disobedience meant that she and Adam not only brought sin into this world, but also physical death, everlasting life, that was given to all mankind in a very good creation, was now lost to all who would come after. Sin and death entered the world. There has never been a greater issue facing all of mankind than this. Adam and Eve had been conned big time, but it was too late and they couldn't go back. The critical thing is that Adam and Eve disobeyed Almighty God. The Bible says in verse 7, Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realised they were naked. A keen sense of guilt immediately followed their act of sinning. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover their shame. Have you ever noticed whenever we try to cover up sin or a mistake, it never really works. Not in the way that we want to do it. Then God asked Adam a simple question. Where are you? Notice that Adam didn't answer the question directly, but he tried to hide his disobedience from God and saying, 
I, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Don't think you can hide anything from God. Your sins have a funny way of finding you out. And sins tend to come in clusters. After trying to blame everyone else but themselves, Adam and Eve finally admitted that they had eaten the fruit. All God was trying to get from them was a confession. God can't begin to work in us. Until we confess our sins. Once guilt had been established, God was swift to pass judgment and curses were placed on all the parties involved. But I want to focus on those sentences, those curses that were handed out to the man and to the woman. To the woman, verse 16 says, I will greatly increase your pain in childbearing. Your desire will be for your husband and he will, listen to this, rule over you. And to the man, in verses 17 to 19, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Notice the phrase, until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. This curse meant that man could no longer, could now die, the curse meant that man could now die a physical death. Man had lost his guarantee of eternal life. He didn't die immediately, but the clock was now ticking on his mortality. I want you to keep this thought in mind for a moment as it can be a bit complicated. But if you can understand this, the whole new appreciation of sin and death opens up for us. Remember man was put in the garden to rule over it. When Adam, was the, over, when Adam the overseer, when he sinned, he took all of creation down with him. As the boss, what you do impacts everything and everyone under you. Romans 8 verse 20 says, For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. The Bible is speaking about God, but God acted in response to Adam's sin. And part of the curse on Eve was that her husband Adam would rule over her, just like Adam and Eve were going to rule over the creation. So if the boss, Adam, was now to become mortal, then it follows that whatever impacted Adam, his mortality, would now impact Eve and subject her to frustration. The Bible says in Romans 8.22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as the pains of childbirth, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. 
But remember that despite these frustrations, God has never left us without a way to come back to him. Thank you, Lord. He loves us too much. And as an example of God's grace, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife to clothe them. To do this, God would have had to have killed an innocent animal, shed its blood to cover their sin. This is also a foreshadowing of the shedding of blood of the innocent Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, on the cross as an atonement for our sin. If you were Adam and Eve, how would you have felt to witness the killing of an innocent animal to make, a, make clothing to cover your sin, your shame? How much more then should we be humble and committed to Jesus, our spotless Redeemer, who died an agonising death to cover the sins of the whole world? This is also a reminder to us that when we commit sin, even though it might seem innocuous to us at the time, all sin has consequences and will affect others. And the ripple effect is often widespread indeed. Romans 5 verse 12 says that therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin. So in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. And verse 17 goes on to say, for if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. And now lastly, as we continue reading verse 22. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good from evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. When the Lord God said, Like one of us, what did he mean? Who is us? God is referring to the triune Godhead, God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son and the Holy Spirit. It is the same us that Jesus that said in Genesis 1:26, "Let us make man in our image." The same triune mentioned in Genesis 1 verse 1. Elohim, who in the beginning created, created the heavens and the earth. This unified Godhead that alone could rightly divide good from evil, who alone knows the absolute truth, who alone holds the universe together, who alone knows the only way to eternal life and alone will provide access to those who abide in Christ and eat of the tree of life. Having eaten from the forbidden tree, God could never allow or trust either Adam or Eve to be the determiner of good and evil. We have seen throughout history how any thought 
that mankind knows right from wrong has ended in total disaster. Things such as the sanctity of life, the sacredness of marriage, the apparent fluidity of gender, the abuse of power, sexual exploitation, mass genocide, the origin of life, the very existence of Jesus Christ, and the inequitable sharing of the abundant resources that God has provided to this planet free of charge are but a few examples of how mankind has shown to be totally incapable of discerning right from wrong, good from evil, and of telling the absolute truth. It is interesting that the tree of life is mentioned three times in the beginning in Genesis chapters 2 and 3, and four times at the end of the Bible in the book of Revelations. And in between is God's story that points to salvation. From the very beginning, mankind was given the opportunity to eat of this tree of the Garden of Eden, which was heaven on earth. But Adam and Eve sinned, and the chance was rightly taken away. No sin could be allowed in heaven, and certainly God could not risk Adam or Eve eating from the tree of life and thus exposing the garden, heaven on earth, to eternal sin. When they disobeyed God, Adam and Eve sinned and as a direct consequence brought eternal physical death upon themselves. But God was merciful and was not going to commit them forever to a state of of inevitable spiritual death and permanent alienation from himself. God has given us a way to confess our sins, repent and to turn to Jesus Christ and he will justify us before our Father in heaven and will give us eternal spiritual life when Jesus comes again. How do we know this? Remember, Jesus was there. He was part of the us, part of the unified decision-making Godhead team. He knew what was needed to be done and the Godhead knew that the, knew the plan for salvation that would be played out 4,000 years later when Jesus was to die on the cross. When he would, in obedience to his Father, pour out his blood as a living sacrifice to redeem us from our sins. Jesus alone was to be the only way to the Father and to eternal life in heaven with him. And one day... Jesus would come again to gather his bride, the church, those people who believed in him, those who had overcome and had continued to abide in him. And after Jesus' resurrection, the third part of the triune Godhead team, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, would remain to continue to guide and comfort and rightly direct the paths of those on earth who believed. God promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. By this plan, he confirmed his ongoing commitment to us. 
So in verse 23, the Bible says that God, that the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. God had to take mankind out of the garden of Eden, out of heaven on earth, out of eternal life with God because they had been disobedient and had sinned. However, God in his mercy could not allow mankind to be consigned to eternal, eternal purgatory without a way out. Mankind would now have to work hard to live but they were still left with an opportunity to choose to believe in Almighty God and be restored to a right relationship with him. The choice to be obedient to God has always been ours to make. And after Christ had completed his redemptive work on Calvary, he left the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth and our Comforter. He was to be given the task of guiding believers to a closer walk with God and to point mankind to Christ. Yes, God had to banish Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. It was the only way that justice for disobedience could be dispensed, that God's holiness and righteousness could be maintained, that God's grace and mercy could be displayed and that the love and the hope in our Saviour Jesus Christ could be revealed. Let us pray. Gracious and eternal God, we thank you for your word which is living, timeless and the absolute truth. In this time of uncertainty, may we always look to you and your word for guidance and comfort knowing that your truths will always stand the test of time and that obedience to them and faith in you will forever enable us to rest with confidence in your ever-loving care. We look to you, Almighty God, as our refuge and fortress and pray that your message of certainty in our hope in you and the lessons concerning the consequences of sin and death will find fertile soil in our hearts and minds and draw us nearer to you. May our understanding create in us a confidence in you and a readiness at all times to stand for you and all that is right and good and to reject those things that are evil and harmful. And we ask all of these things in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Thank you.